Welcome to the Secrets Women Keep podcast. I am your secret keeper and confidant, Lauren White. I'm a qualified counsellor and sexologist, facilitator of all things turn on, author of permission, and a witty, highly intuitive lounge room dancing introvert. I help you as an exceptional woman in entrepreneurship to see, love, and trust all the parts of yourself, especially the unseen. Let's pull back the curtain, light the candelabra, and lift the veil. These are the secrets women keep. Hello, and welcome to The Secrets Women Keep. I am your host and confidant, Lauren White, and today we have a very alluring guest. Her name is Nina Powell. Purposed with infectious liberation, Nina is the founder of the Wild Divine Orgasmic Leadership Movement. Oof. She's speaking my language already. After years of following the formula for success as a good student with a ton of degrees, the good corporate businesswoman, the good wife, the good homekeeper, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, Nina realized she'd been living in her head for many, many years and doing, doing, doing. I think that's something that so many of us can already relate to. She'd noticed she'd lost connection with her body, her soul, and her feminine essence. Once she turned that all around, she couldn't help herself. She just had to share that liberation as you do. She guides the world's most impeccable women through individual and group experiences and retreats. Her clients and students, the bravest of women, enjoy amazing connections to their body and their erotic nature. They feel exquisite levels of self-confidence and step into their power like nobody's business. These women access their true inner goddess, magnetize their desires and hold a divine magnetism that brings them an impenetrable inner joy and peace. Oh my God, we are in for a ride today. <laughs> based on that bio. <laughs> Welcome. I like, it. I like it. I'm getting turned on listening to my own bio now. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I believe that we should get turned on listening to our own bios, our own offers, our about page. It should turn us on first and foremost so that it turns on everyone else. What like what what's your take on that? Oh yeah, totally. I'm um I have the most fun when I'm writing, when I'm I'm like feeling this energy sort of move and my body's getting all juicy activated and so yeah I can't imagine it wouldn't be enjoyable for somebody else to yeah to read that if I'm feeling all that yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. We've, and we've got to bring our turn on out more right there's I don't know about living in a you're in Australia and I'm in New Zealand right and I've lived overseas and I've traveled a lot and I just can't believe how kind of devoid of sensuality and that Eros life force New Zealand is in general. Mm. Like it's like some kind of dry desert. There's this, there's such a, there's such a like solid wall between feeling and that kind of being state. Yeah. We need, we need the turn on back. We do. We need it bad. And what, and I feel like this is what I took from reading more about your work in preparation for today's conversation. But my take on it is that Turn On is A, it's a readily available resource, but also it's. Mm it's not one of those things where it's only suitable for certain contexts. You can bring turn on into the hard times. You can bring it into all sorts of situations like scenarios. It's just, it's not a, you only reserve this for when you're ovulating. You only reserve this for when you're in your best dress. You only reserve, not at all. You can always come back to turn on, to being in your body, to accessing your pleasure in some way, shape or form, even in the challenging times. And I actually think that they're the times where we really get to see and feel what turn on is made of and the gumption that it has. Mm. Yeah, I was watching 
uh, that this pole dance show on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen it, but mm-hmm. it's. I was watching some of that yesterday, and and uh, some some of it's really emotional for the women. And when they are in their emotion and they're moving, oh my god, this like raw, powerful turn on that is there that is just so mm-hmm. incredible. And I do a lot of practice like that too. I have this meditative movement breath practice that is about leaning into your emotions. And I feel like they're the gateway actually, because we have this, we have this sort of um, reclamation of erotic happening in our society. And it's some of it is like totally in the, in the shadow. Like there's young women that are like, yeah, I can have whatever sex I want. You can't slut shame me. You can't like all this stuff. And then, you know, just having sex, having loads of one night stands, doing all this like outward doing, but it's really shallow. Mm. And uh, what was I just going to say about that? Just that this noticing of this sort of reclamation that is happening, but really the deeper reclamation that we're calling for is actually through our feeling body mm-hmm. like it's it does it's not something you do that you sort of put on your horny self and you go out it's like it's something that you unlock when you lean into who you are and you actually allow yourself to be all of who you are and feel everything that you're feeling and not stop trying yeah mm. Mm. And you made a really beautiful, astute point around it's not something that you try on. It feels like you're delineating between it being something where you get the external validation and you do it for the benefit of others. You said it's something that you unlock within you. And I couldn't agree more. It's not something that you go out and um, you know absorb from other people, though you will learn and other people will be influential, but it is something that is already inside of you, already accessible. You need to have the, I guess you need to have the desire to want to unlock it and to go Mm -hmm. inward and find it. And that is the way, a way more empowering approach than trying to get it from the outside. Yeah. Or trying to kind of take your power back in that way. There's that, Mm. which you know, in some ways I'm celebrating these young women. I'm like, I mean, that's so amazing that they could just be like, here I am, I'm going to have what I want. Mm-hmm. And I think that might be part of the journey back home sometimes is just to go and be the huntress and just take what you want and have what you want and just like no shame and just like enjoy it and have it, have it, have it. But there will be a point where you'll be like, oh, this is actually not fulfilling me in all the ways that I yeah. want. <laughs> like, yes, yes. On the yeah. note of the huntress, oh my god, the words yeah. on your website—it's like you've—it's um, like we speak a very similar language in so many ways, and then you've like you've brought these like new terms in around. I think it was something along the lines of like undomesticating or something like that, and I was yeah. like, "Oof, that is so sexy!" Like what? <laughs> You are all about yeah. women having a wild, divine, orgasmic existence. I love this. Can you tell us what it is to undomesticate ourselves? Like when you work with your clients, what does that mm. look and mm. feel like so that they can get to all the juice and all the wet emoji, wet emoji, wet emoji? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny. As you're talking, I can feel my body starts to sort of uh like come into my body more because I want to find the words to share with you what mm. this undomesticated woman feels like and a, a huge part of that is that she finally has this turn on running in her veins mm. she's like fully embracing the sense of raw aliveness and she's not ashamed of it. She loves it. She knows how to enjoy it. And she can rest easy in her body. She knows it's her superpower. It's like going to a business meeting, sitting down, breathing into pussy and going, I got this. Like, I've got this. She doesn't have to push. She's not, there's not this sort of um, 
sort of leaning forward pushing that has mm. to happen in her life. There's this resting back and mm. bodying. Yum. Yeah. And then it's like, in terms of the life, you know, it's this undomesticated, it's like all the things, like all those, all the shoulds, all these parts of your life where I love diving into this, like maybe space with people and getting really clear on all the fucking maybes that are in their life. Like all the fucking maybes, what you're like, where you're doing life where you're like yeah yeah mm. I could do that so tepid yeah, so tepid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and life gets completely full of fucking maybes where you're like someone touches you and you're sort of like oh I can kind of tolerate that it's all right and and, and you know or you you go out for a, for a walk and you're like yeah I could just go there or yeah I could eat this for dinner or <laughs> You know, and then we start to fill their life with all these hell yeses where it's just like creates all the space for things to feel really good and trusting that you can have what feels really good and you don't have to tolerate and override your body. And, uh, you know, I spoke in that bio put about the feminine essence and I, and I sort of like love and hate that language because it's just completely, I think it's so overcomplicated and full of concepts and rules mm. and. Mm all the stuff about being feminine. But the way I see it is that we live our life completely overriding our body, like locking down our emotions, saying yes when we want to say no, or like saying maybe when we want to say no. And uh, we get kind of frozen and hardened. So there's this, like, all these places of tension in the body. And there's this sort of hardness that a lot of women might think, oh, I'm just like I live so masculine they might start to read some literature and think oh I'm so masculine or something and you know get all like into these concepts and all this kind of junk and uh and really this like undomesticated self has it's 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 a softness that naturally comes through you allowing yourself to be who you are feeling all your emotions and removing all that history and conditioning from your system so that there's this natural femininity that arises without doing anything or without having to apply some kind of concept mm-hmm. or rule to how to access it. It's just it's a, a natural unfolding of your system. Mm. Yeah. And on that note of the natural unfolding and being in your body, what mm. is like, can you share with us what's one of the ways that listeners can maybe position their body to start to tap into what you're speaking into? Oh, like how you can start to tap into this kind of presence and mm. sensuality and mm. embodiment in your yeah, body. Yeah, just, just from just some yeah. really simple, just how we sit in the chair or walk through the street or just. I think a lot of it is about where your awareness is. You know, if we're like up in your head, you're like all up there. If you can start to bring your awareness like in a, such a simple way, if you can just start to bring your awareness down into your your pelvis area so noticing your hips as they move as I'm sitting here talking with you I'm I'm constantly like bringing myself back mm. down back down and in like I, Ooh, me I too. just keep <laughs> yeah join you <laughs> yeah I just and I and I do it through sometimes I'm moving my body a little bit side to side I feel the weight of my sit bones pushing into the chair and I feel the muscles moving inside my pelvic bowl and I'm, uh, yeah, I just bring my awareness back down. And naturally, when we do that, actually, the whole body can start to soften because the natural state of the body is total and utter relaxation. So it kind of blew my mind when someone said that to me, a teacher said that to me, a rolfer, actually, so a body worker. Mm-hmm. Really intense body. <laughs> I don't know if I'd recommend it or not. It's like a love hate thing, rolfing. It's very, very uh, deep. But yeah, he said the body, the natural state is total and utter relaxation. And so anywhere where we're like holding, it takes our, creates a tensioning into our whole being. Mm. So in a place that we hold most, like so much tension is around the genitals, the anus, uh, the pelvic bowl, the pelvic muscles. So 
yeah, as you bring your awareness down, you might even notice a little breath come in, just a natural like relaxing breath that happens. That's the sign that the nervous system has just come down a notch. Mm. And then other bits of your body might relax and all of a sudden you feel that your perception widens, you feel mm. capable and creative and some eros might start to wake up. Mm. Eros. Eros is one of my favourite words. Thank you for that. I feel, mm. oh, gosh, just sitting here and doing that with you, I feel like, oh, another another layer has been shared that was, you know, being in the you doing mode that. up until this moment of recording. So, oh. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to incorporate more of our pelvis into everything that we do. And something that you said before, I'm kind of putting, this is my Willy Wonka brain at play, by the way, but um, something that you said before about leaning back, I feel like all that messaging over the last 10 years from um, the inaugural Lean In book is like, well, leaning in, what does that do for our pelvis? Is our pelvis even present in that? Is it all, it's all just that forward facing. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Like what you just said and what you said before about leaning back, I feel like this is the new wave. Like lean in Mm -hmm. did some great, like created some great awareness and stirred some things up, but also this new wave is more about that magnetism that leans back. Doesn't mean that you're passive. Doesn't mean that you're, um, you're not taking the action required to, align yourself to your desires but I feel like there's something in that and in that pelvic um, awareness and movement that gets missed Mm. in that lean in lean in Mm. kind of approach I'm not sure if you um, have anything to add to that well, it's interesting watching you play as in your body as you're saying that (laughs) and I'm playing a little bit too and I think you can feel the difference so much Mm. like a leaning forward oh god I can already feel like a tightening yeah I'm like yeah and like leaning back or like sitting back is not like it's not about like leaning back and out sort of escaping it's just about is a is a resting in into your body and into your power center where your spine the central channel through your you know the energy channel in front of your spine is like clear and free and your system is going into a state of trust Mm. and knowing instead of survival brain pushing Mm. and grasping Mm-hmm. which is leaning forward it's like ah, got versus yeah yeah powerful really powerful yeah what other ways um do you feel might be preventative to women living a wild divine orgasmic existence mm, i'd say it's one of the hardest things for women to claim because it feels selfish self-centered uh like we've got stories that in our society that you know what does it what does it you know it's just pleasure seeking or you know it's like hedonism pleasure seeking so the barriers to to claiming your erotic nature are huge. There's just so much conditioning. And then you just, you know, societal conditioning, right, around around being, uh, wow, God, I mean, there's just so many things. My brain is popping up now with, you know, the safety aspect too. If you're, if you're a woman, you have probably learned from when you're a teenager that it's not safe to be, sexy or to be attractive based on you know cat calls out of windows or you know right from early on and then you get told 
when you're in business that you're supposed to be professional and there's a certain view of what professional means. <laughs> there's like, it's quite a like hard lean forward approach. So we have so much condition and then we have all of our personal experiences that that take us away from being able to just rest into our body and access that that part of us without having our mind just be like crazy, crazy busy. So it could be trauma experiences. It could be just so many times where you've kind of carried on having sex when you didn't really want to, you're overriding your body and you get this uh, protective mechanisms that start to happen around your sexual center. Is this kind of what you meant? The mm. kind of blocks? Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's just so many, there's so many reasons why a would, woman would not make it a priority. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm hearing um, contextual factors, I'm hearing sexual factors, relate like relationship dynamic factors, oh, yeah. um, what belief system she was, like she grew up within. So many things are competing with women's pleasure. Hmm. And I feel like I don't ask questions like that to be negative, but I do ask them so that we can talk about the real things and then I think once we know what the things are, we can address them and do a subtraction Hmm. process so that we can start the addition process with pleasure. I feel like it's yeah. just too hard or it doesn't work. And I'm I'm very I'm know that mm. uh, I'm pretty certain. <laughs> I'm pretty certain you're gonna agree with me, but just to ingest pleasure and try and put it on top of what is domesticated, what is conditioned, what is um mm. inhibitory is just um yeah, very there's challenging. so many challenges. Yeah. And, and even when women think they have empowered themselves in this area, it's amazing when you begin the process of going deeper, how mm. much there is always to unravel. I mean, I'm constantly unraveling new layers. It's, mm. I mean, it is my way that I unravel the new layers because I come up against them in my pleasure practices and in sex with my partner, there's it's like you peel off something, right? And then you get down and you get down and deep and like really into something even more. And uh yeah, I mean there's so much shame. Yeah. There's so much shame. there's so much numbing that happens in the body. I mean, that's something that I have really come up against a lot is to have a sensation and things to feel good and then for everything to suddenly feel completely numb. Mm. Mm-hmm. and and you know I used to just use a lot more friction I'd be like all right I'm not gonna bloody get there come on body <laughs> just push this out come on come on yeah. up the sensation up the yeah, yeah up the friction come on and I'll never come forget on. Force it, Nina, force it. when, um, when yeah. I um I was a year into studying sexology so it was the very beginning of 2012 and The first, I decided 2012 was going to be my year of like complete sexual exploration. And I did, you know, sexological body work and I did all all these things. I did this six-day female sexuality retreat. It was just, it was wonderful. Um, And I remember one of the first, well, the first lesson I took from 2012 was when Nicole Dodone wrote in Slow Sex, Numbness is a Sensation. And um, I never, as someone who was, I would say quite inhibitory around my sexuality before I started studying sexology. And that was probably part of the allure was that sense of unlocking. Um, That was such, reading that line was so permission granting because it was like, oh, there's something in numbness. Numbness isn't a nothingness, if that, yeah, if that makes makes sense to the audience. Numbness in itself has data for you. It has yeah information for you and I feel like yeah if you could if there's anything that you could extend on with that numbness is a sensation um then I feel like listeners might really take something from that because mm. numbness is very well, it's, it's a pervasive. big sensation mm. yeah it's a really big sensation yeah now that I've uh, we we actually started our sexual exploration 
spiritual journey around about the same time I think uh, I don't remember now whether I'm terrible with dates I just sort of like know when things kind of happen I try and yeah. try to remember the timelines but I'm pretty sure it was about 2011 20 yeah and started to you know get more and I did my sexological body work training in 2013 oh fabulous I was 2014 <laughs> I was pregnant and yeah. I did it all through my pregnancy <laughs> wild wild <laughs> my baby's going to be <laughs> my now seven-year-old's going to be very interesting with what she absorbed in <laughs> well hopefully a lot of juicy chemicals right so we had to do a lot of for all the listeners here you have to do a lot of self-pleasure practice mm-hmm. and sexological bodywork training yeah and numbness as a sensation is actually really really huge because I've done a somatic experiencing now too, which is a trauma resolution therapy Ooh. for people that aren't familiar. So that's all about the nervous system and really exploring the body's story. And so when you come across numbness, the way that I would approach it is to actually start to to inquire more. This is for those people that want to you know, completely transform and do healing work on themselves through their Mm. pleasure practice, right? Some people are like, no, I just want to have an orgasm. And that's totally fine if you're, that's what your, your intention is for the day. We've always got space for that. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, but if you are really interested in changing the, the patterns in your body and completely wiring you pleasure highways, then, then what to do is to start to, to look at the sensation with, uh, uh, like using the body language to try and get a sense of it. So if you have, you think, oh, it's numbness, then I would be like, oh, does it have a shape to it, this numbness? Mm. Or does it have a density? Is it is it dense? Is it, and then you think, is it dense like wood or is it like concrete or is it uh, like light? Or, you know, what is it? So you're trying to sort of feel into the sensation and sometimes using a metaphor to describe it is really good. Like it's like a it's like a piece of concrete in my belly or something, or or just noticing how you feel. So you're really trying to look use this the body's language to to liberate this numbness because underneath numbness there will be a lot of charge because numbness is basically freeze in the body it's the state Mm. of shutdown in the body it's where things have got too much so the body is so clever it's like amazingly designed to reduce the intensity of your experience and it creates numbness it's like Mm. wow how clever is that right it has its own personal shutdown when it thinks it's got too much so something is happening that is making you feel like it's too much even if it's at the layer of your subconscious so your your ego is like bring me the pleasure bring me the orgasm mm. I want it I want it I want it I want it good and then the subconscious is like something you know, is, is somehow getting overwhelmed there's something happening that is overwhelming so we want to just sort of like touch in on it and start to explore what what is there, being really, really gentle because it's something you could totally do in a therapy session as opposed to on your own as well. But mm-hmm. even on your own, starting to, yeah, see what image, what sense, what shape it is, what color it is. what, mm. And then you might start to notice some charge coming out. So you might get some jolts through your body, some like electrical jolts. It's like some of the energy is starting to discharge or you might feel an emotion coming. You might feel teary. Uh, you could get a desire to curl up into a ball. You might have some kind of impulse mm. that comes through. Yeah, and you want to let these things unfold. And then what happens is the numbness can will go on, you know, when it's ready, it will go on its own and you'll get flooded back with delicious sensation. And you would have just like completely transformed some something from your past. And you don't even have to know the story. It's actually even easier if you don't go into story and just let the body tell its story. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that is so beautiful what you just shared. That is so beautiful and so 
Like you really, what I'm hearing from your approaches are you really take the very humanistic approach and very natural and very feminine in like being with it, but also letting it unfold in its own way. And I feel like that is um, so the opposite. Like there is so much and not to... um, not to speak to, not to bring too much neg- <laughs> negativity to this podcast, but I wish that people knew about some of the people working in sexuality and the amount of shaming that can happen within um, the sexuality professions when people, when training isn't appropriate and it's not adequately trauma informed, and just what some other people's advice would be about. Um, pushing through that and how to approach it differently. And I just feel like what you shared is such beautiful medicine um, that someone could do on their own. And I agree with Mm -hmm. Nina. I really feel like if you have um, the desire to explore this with a practitioner or a therapist, Mm -hmm. please do. You will make strides, like beautiful strides, um, beyond what you can do on your own because the feedback that they give you and the approaches will be different from what you just know on your own. Yeah, I mean, everything in our history that we have, these traumas or these these blocks or shutdown points happen relationally. So when you do the work with a therapist, and I would say body-based. Yes, 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 body-based embodied therapist. Everyone, please listen to me. Someone who has done training with the body, do not go see someone who has only done the cerebral psychological approaches. Your growth will be stunted. Like you you will not get the same richness. Um, Ed and I see an embodied therapist, and I would not have it any mm. other way I'm I'm very lucky um yeah. not lucky I've put so many years into all this it just so happens yeah, yeah. to be someone that I know that I've um done training with and mm. I would never I would not recommend seeing someone who's cerebral based for any relating concerns or sex sexual concerns they have to have done somatic they have to have learned somatic Everybody. approaches if you yeah. um actually really want to um, shift these patterns in your body. Yeah, exactly. Because you have to to shift a pattern in the body. You have to work with the body. If you just talk about it, people are addicted to processing and talking. About <sighs> addicted. <laughs> but let me think about it. Let me it's so let charge me with it. Let me let me talk yeah. about it some more. It's like there is. Yeah. I am all for talk. I'm in the end both more universe, and I feel like yeah. We can, yes, talk, of course, of course. Like it's a wonderful, um, you know, your voice is a wonderful Mm. loudspeaker for accountability and for shifting and Mm. you need to come into your body and that's why I've started every session for the last however many years I've been doing this, even though I'm not, I'm always a qualified sexologist, but even though I'm not strictly doing sexology sessions anymore, coming into the body is always the first thing that we do. Mm. I don't want to hear stories from your head. I want to know what your heart, what your pussy wants from being here. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Every session. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And the body, I mean, it's so rich. It's like once you start doing those sorts of sessions, I mean, I, I just love it because I love to go deep. Yes. I and I love I the sort do. of altered state kind of nature shamanic deep like turning into an animal or uh, I don't know as your body expresses itself all these things that unfold as your body shows you what it is and how it feels it's just like oh and then you get all this energy moving in your body mm-hmm. and you yeah you feel yourself you feel yeah. your power it's not this idea of power this thing that you you imagine it's like you feel your capacity your Mm. life force Mm -hmm. and then when you go to make love or self-pleasure or whatever it is the sexual piece that you wanted to unravel it's it's like this level of freedom that you suddenly Mm. can have and more pleasure and you're not and instead of working for it it can 
it can like your body opens to it. It's like, yeah. Lush, so Lush. lush. I have a question for you. Yeah. Okay. First question is a lot of my work revolves around women moving, removing the metaphorical masks that hold them back from their sovereignty, their magnetism, and their eros. Mm. So a lot of the masks that I work with is the mask of perfection, the mask of palatability, the mask of self-sufficiency that says only I can do this, the mask of fine, the mask of being the helper and the server, you know, all these, um, you know, kind of shadows that can come through and in some ways women can get off on, like can can like really be benefited, you know, feel like they benefit from but also feel the struggle of, but wait, this isn't serving me and it's costing me. I'm really curious about you. What metaphorical masks have you really worked on removing over the years of self-exploration and introspection? Mm, I haven't looked at it from that framework, but I like it. I like it. What would be my masks? Definitely the good good girl masks. Yes, yes. I speak a lot about that, the the good girl, the one who strives to please or try, strives to behave. <laughs> uh, what other masks did you say? What, what's your framework? What are the other masks that you speak about? You went too fast. There was too many different masks. <laughs> yeah, it's mostly those three. I feel like it's the way yeah. that it um, came through in 2021 was, okay, the mask of self-sufficiency holds you back from being in your sovereign. It's like, I've got to do everything on my own, but Mm. the sovereign in her power is very adept to Mm. not only holding, appropriately holding, but being held, knowing when to hold and when to to be Mm. held. The mask of palatability is in my from from my perspective, is the mask that holds women back from being magnetic. It's that I'll people please, I'll be a cardboard cutout, I'll be whatever you want me to be, I'll be a chameleon, I'll make sure I'm liked. It's like there is a mm. lot of um, good girl in in that that holds us back from being magnetic because there's an absence of trust. There's mm. like it's, you know, it's that, it's that I've got a, yeah. it's that proving energy and that, mm. um being hyper-flexible and adaptable kind of energy to make sure other people are placated. And then the last, like the last mask that I do a lot of work with is the mask of perfection, which I feel is the main barrier to women being in their eros. What you said about being the good girl, the good daughter, the good employee, the good sister, the good, um, you know, Mm. put insert every single role, neighbour, Um, helper, nurse, teacher, whatever, like just insert all of yeah. them there. I feel like that perfection really holds people back from being in their wild, divine, orgasmic existence mm. because it's so it's so constrained and the narrative is that mm. um, you have to be in control and you have to, that control says that you have to know each and every step that's coming next and to live a wild divine orgasmic existence to use your framework is yeah. well that can't be reconciled you can't be perfect and have a wild divine orgasmic, orgasmic yeah. existence it's just yeah. you have to shed that mask of perfection of um you know not taking not taking risks and staying in that contraction mm. that perfection feeds into so you know, so voraciously. Well, I love it because when you say that, I can hear me in all of all of those and the different stages of, I guess, mm-hmm. unraveling of those. Mm-hmm. I, th- I kind of think it's probably ongoing because at the moment I'm definitely unraveling a new layer. I really feel like I am another layer of caring about what other people, like just saying what I want. Mm like really not caring and um and it's been it's been quite fun it's been quite fun and, and weirdly relaxed about it it's been quite interesting it's like oh I just don't actually really care I'm not going to follow anyone else's rule no business yes. rules anymore no I'm just going to say what I want yes <laughs> so that's fun and I probably thought I'd already done that but now I'm you know now there's a new there's yes a new, 
sense of it. Yeah. Oh my god, I love I love this, and I'm I'm doing my butt shuffle in my chair because yeah, um, <laughs> just like yeah, no. like I was a bum shuffler as a as a baby. I was like the one that went on the floor, like <laughs> wearing down all my pants. Yeah. Um, I love this because I feel like whatever you do, and this isn't about pushing or like like you know just jump and leap over the edge, but it's like every edge yeah. you meet. It's like, oh, can I just like when it feels juicy and saucy, can I just like like turn up the volume by like one yeah. little notch? Like I thought I was doing it. I was doing it. It wasn't that you weren't, but just is there another and now? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now if I just say what I want, how is that? Oh, it's just so relaxing as well. It feels like a whole new level of relax. Yes. Because I'm not trying so hard to get it right and you know and then the perfectionism that's a good one too in different ways for me a lot like for me and with my clients a lot of that is around you know what you wear and what you look like and that the idea of what you what you might do you're trying to make yourself perfect so that you'll please others or something you know you'll go somewhere and you'll you'll fit in with the crowd or Mm -hmm. you'll um everyone will be good with you because you've you got it you've got it you know the right rather than just wearing what the hell that you want for yourself and being making that the locus of your of your world your your choice yeah. like what do you what do you feel good in how will you feel good yeah so that's that's definitely a big one but that perfectionism thing oh my god yeah I can relate to that and so many layers and layers and layers and layers and what I love about the example that you just gave Nina is um I have a recent experience of that which is quite funny I was um down staying with my um dad and stepmom for a couple of nights and he knew the venue that I was going to and my memory of it is like from years ago from when I was growing up and he goes he saw me come out and he goes he goes, mate, should be wearing a T-shirt and shorts, like not wearing that, like it's like a sage green like rube dress and stuff. And I go, Dad, do I want to go there to fit in or do I want to go there and belong to myself? <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. And that is um, that is really sovereign. I mean, it's all those energies yeah. of sovereignty, magnetism, eros. But, like, I really believe yeah. that sense of I love what you said. I really believe the sovereign says I belong to myself, I belong to yeah. me, and it's she has discarded um, that notion of trying to fit in because it is mm. so, it is like the tight jaw, the gritted teeth, the, um, yeah. yeah, like the the leaning in that we were speaking into before yeah, with like the stiff pelvis, I, like the. Uh, um, how will I be accepted? How will I be, you know, mm. what's the right thing to wear? I mean, oh, my God, years of being in corporate and trying so hard in that way as well, just completely, uh, yeah, I had a lot of conditioning around mm. that, a lot of conditioning. Mm. And and also about, you know, what for me, one of the big things of finally coming into my own belonging which was a huge revelation for me. I couldn't believe it. It was like, what? When I started teaching these erotic and sensuality and female orgasm classes, when I started to teach that, I I was still working in my corporate job. I was like pretending I had a, uh, I wanted an extra day off. (laughs) And I was like, "I I just only want to work four days a week now. And I was doing this other thing on the side and, and it was so interesting. I came out of one of those classes. It was maybe a couple of days later, and I was at this live music event with with my big group of friends. And a lady came up to me and said, oh, "I was at your class. It was so amazing. Thank you." And it just sort of snapped me into this realization of what my life was now and where it was going. And I suddenly realized how I finally felt like I belonged. Mm. And I had this big group of amazing friends, but there was always this sense with the larger sort of group of us that I was kind of like 80% belonged and everybody else 100% belonged. Mm-hmm. And because I only 80% belonged, I only made like 80% or less effort to really like go there with people because I didn't really feel like I was fully part of the pack. Yes. 
and and then just this whole sense of yeah it was so wild this so when you are on purpose with what you're supposed to be doing in life you suddenly stop giving a shit so much about everything anymore (laughs) because you suddenly belong yes yes and then you can do the things that you were speaking to before which is um you know what you were saying about like asking for what you want on a whole when you belong to yourself you can ask for what you want because you're not um yeah you're not so preoccupied and in your head about what everyone else would think or how they would interpret that and I love what you said about the 80%, yeah. 80%. It's like if you belong to something 80%, your energy, your efforts going to operate at 80%. It's not, you're yeah. not going to be at 100%. No, because there's this like bit of not trusting or something, not, mm. fully, not fully not trusting, like being there. Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't feel like you belong, there's something out of alignment in your life. That's yeah. the truth of it, isn't it? If you don't yeah. feel that sense of like, you're with there the sovereignty of like here I am I know I belong I belong is quite a strange word when you say it a few times isn't it what does it even mean but there's but there is some sort of inner feeling with it that sense of this is kind of for me it's like here I am Mm. here I am it's like it's just like here I am here I am that's it three three letters I am I like I am I am I am it yeah. is, um, and it starts with us. It starts with us before we seek out this sense of belonging with others. It oh, yeah. starts with us. It's We're always going to be looking in the wrong places and with um, like the least magnetic of intentions if we're just trying to find it elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, if you're looking to find somewhere to belong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. versus just totally belonging. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's very interesting that in terms of I'm just thinking about different times over the last, say, 10 years and moving countries. And there's, I notice when I reflect on it and with this lens of the belonging, the more I feel grounded in myself, the more open and available I am for anyone who comes into my world. When I feel mm-hmm. less like I belong, I get kind of um, judgy. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's what's that like? Oh, what being judgy? Mm. Well, it's like pushing people away. I think it's yeah. it's uncomfortable and it's it's a pushing people away because of some sense of like lack of trust. It's like oh, they aren't really my people. Or, oh, I need to find my right people. Or you know, when when there's like a wobble going on in my like here I am ness. That's what that's what I would see coming out of myself, I'd say. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Whereas when I'm just like grounded and rooted in and just yes. like boom, there's this overflow of like open arms or availability and, and curiosity. It's like, mm. oh curious. I'm curious about life. I'm curious about people. Yeah. 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 Oh. Nina, I could um, I could go on such a ride with you all day. I'm coming to New Zealand so we can just go on like oh, yeah. this eros, oh, yeah. like, this embodied yeah. eros journey together. <laughs> I'm just wondering, can you yeah. um, share with listeners just one thing that they need to know to start to unlock their own wild, divine, orgasmic existence? One secret. Mm. the first thing that popped in then was knowing that their erotic being is integral to the universe Mm. yeah like it's a non-negotiable it's it's needed yeah 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 can you say that one more time just so people really hear it Mm. your erotic nature is integral to the universe. Yeah, I, maybe even feel that and see if it creates a little ripple of arousal or something in the body. Yes. Like, ah. Oh, yes. Ah. Oh. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Yeah. 
that is such a beautiful statement and declaration and it's whole it's like a full stop there's no dot 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 it's a and it ties so beautifully in with the here I am I am Mm. what you said before Mm. yeah I mean I've got so much I would say about that but it's that it's our power right You know, that's why I say this is wild, divine, orgasmic leadership, because we have been told that it's our erotic nature is dangerous, it's wrong, but that's because it's so powerful. And once we start to switch that round and flip that round and understand it as integral and that we can integrate it into our being, we truly tap into this infinite potential of life force and grounded power and self-expression and confidence like real confidence right you would have seen that with your clients as yeah well, right? oh yeah just yeah 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 Nina I love you I love what you yeah. do I love I think I really feel like we speak a very um similar language and I didn't realize our paths were probably like we're probably this close to crossing over over the years but I've actually only known yeah. you for um a few months now so yeah. <laughs> this is like divine to use your word it's kind of that it's that divine, divine timing. timing and um and I trust in that and I would love it if you could share with listeners where they can find out more about your work and what your what your channels of authority mm. are well, I, I adore people connecting with me. So they can find me on, well, they can find me on my website, which is www.ninapowell.com. And they can find me on Facebook. There's a little bit on Instagram, but Facebook has got more more stuff. Yeah, so more come on over there ground. and connect. Yeah. 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 And drop me a message, say hi, let me know if you've listened to this podcast and you want to tell me what it sparked for you. That would be super fun for me to hear yes. that. Yeah. And yeah, oh, I love, I've loved hanging out with you, Lauren. Thank you so <laughs> yes, much for fun. having me on this delicious more of conversation. This, please, more of, this is one of the reasons why I have a podcast. Yeah. Just have fun. <laughs> so I have good. these conversations where which are conversations that I've had behind closed doors for years and years, but to have people benefit from the potency of these classic, you know, behind the curtain, behind the closed door conversations and to make them, to create those ripples of permission granting um, Mm. and activation. So thank you so much, Nina, and Mm. I can't wait to connect with you in real life. (laughs) 